all you nostalgic huge studs. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. Oh, to be you, Kendra. To be experiencing the world of 90210 from the beginning. Uh, but as you know, uh, I'm, I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. I was just thinking that about the book I just finished. Like, mm. oh, I wish I had never read it so yes. that I could experience it. But I have read it, Well, and do, it was great. Well, do share. What was the book? Oh, it was The Great Alone by Kristen, Kristen Hanna. Yes. Yes. Ever since I finished it, I was like, oh, I wish there was more. I know. I, I agree with you. That that's it. Did you read that on my recommendation or did you just come across it randomly? I read it. No, I read it on like the world's, the world's. recommendation. Okay. Right. But you did talk about it on your podcast a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christian Hanna books, so. did the, the Nightingale, which was a World War II novel, which was like a huge, huge hit. And The Great Alone was her follow up about a, a, a Vietnam vet inheriting some land up in Alaska and they go off to Homestead. It didn't do as gangbusters as the Nightingale, but it was still pretty popular. And for my money, it's infinitely superior to the Nightingale. If you oh, haven't, oh, yeah. If you haven't sure. read The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna, your friends here at 902 and I Here We Go, recommend highly it. highly recommend. <laughs> highly recommend. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, you can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're discussing Season 4, Episode 14, Windstruck. All right, let's crack open the condor. Condor is committed to professional standards, professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired December 15th of 1993. Getting to the end, this is the last episode of 1993. The next one comes out January of 94. Wow, okay. So I guess there's no Christmas episode. No, the next episode is a Christmas. No, the next episode's a Christmas episode. Oh, you know why I think that? Because the next episode is not on Hulu. That's a good note to listeners. Yeah, for That's whatever reason, why. episode 15, uh, it's it's on the DVDs, of course, but it's not available on either CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, as it's about to be, or uh, Hulu. So who knows? Birthdays, December 16th, Daniel Cosgrove, Matt, in the later years, turns 23. A uh, couple movies that came out December 17th, Beethoven's Second. Mm. What, what happens in the second one? I couldn't tell I you. I he All slobbers right. a lot, and Charles Grodin is perplexed. Yeah, guess, that sounds be, right. Would be my recollection. Uh, the Pelican Brief. I don't like out. this movie, and I don't like this book. Weirdly the enough, Pelican Brief. The Pelican. I don't, know. I don't think I've seen that. Pelican Brief is John Grisham, and the movie is Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts. Really seems like it should be good, but it's not, <laughs> according to me. <laughs> And uh, we also got What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, okay. I have not seen it, but it's it's on my, like, you know, movies. Yeah. So you should probably watch this. No, I haven't seen it either. And then uh, December 22nd, Philadelphia, starring Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. Another Denzel movie, yeah. And music-wise, I Swear by oh, yeah. John Michael Montgomery I is swear. released and would go on to be <laughs> Billboard Song of the Year. Do you know that song? Oh, I know that song. And yeah. I swear yeah. that one. Yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, good. Yeah. It's good that we snatched that Condor soundbite when we could because where has this newspaper been this whole season? There's no Condor. I know. I, I was really so pumped for a new Something must happen. Paper. Like something must happen in like the later half of the college years because I remember the Condor being a part of it. So I don't 
I don't know. I don't know. But I, I am surprised <laughs> that we haven't had anything yet. Okay, I guess we'll see. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. I will, Kendra. Outside of 90210, Catherine Cannon, who plays uh, Hot Mess Felice Martin, is best known for the role of Mae Woodward in the series Father Murphy. In the series, John Murphy leads a struggle against a mining boss, causing some children to be orphaned. Assuming responsibility, he poses as a priest to circumvent authorities. He and school teacher Mae Woodward, uh, as played by Catherine Cannon, struggle to provide everyday needs for two dozen children. Wow, that is a... Yeah. That's an intense plot. You know it is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at the synopsis for our episode today. Windstruck. Steve is in hot water for his bungled burglary of Corey Randall's office. Turns out it was a sting operation because the campus cops had an anonymous tip and only the Keg brothers knew about the plan. Hmm. Meanwhile, Kelly and Dylan find a path forward. Andrea and Jesse get more serious and Donna and David almost seal the deal only to be interrupted by Dr. and Mrs. Martin. Yes. Classic. I know. All right, Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills? I would love to tell you this episode was directed by Gilbert S. Shilton. What a name. Gilbert yeah. S. Shilton. Written by Larry uh, Mullen and Richard Golentz. This was a who's who of returning players this time, so let me go through them. Uh, we're welcoming back Joe Itata as Nat, Dinah Meyer as Lucinda Nicholson, Scott Pollan as Professor Corey Randall, Mark Damon Espinosa as Jesse Vasquez, Brooke Thies as Leslie, Brandon Douglas as Mike Ryan, Chris Williams as Deshaun Hardell, Catherine Cannon, uh, hot mess, Felice Martin, Michael Durrell as Dr. John Martin, Dan Kalfa as Mr. Pitt as Howard Stern, for some reason, <laughs> and Robert Leeshock as Keith, plus, of course, Paul Johannesson as John Sears. We bid a, I can't say fun, farewell to Dan, uh, who is suddenly turned into a racist monster, but Matthew Peretta is making his final of 10 appearances as Dan Rubin. This is it? This is the end? This is it, yeah. Wow, I was, I was like ready for like yeah. the rest of the season. I know. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, right, weird, it's a weird choice. I don't know what they were doing with this. It's very strange. Uh, we meet a, our strange. new recurring player in the in the character of Teresa Vasquez, Jesse's mother, as played by Marga Chavez. Other credits include roles on TV shows like L.A. Law, Live Shot, and Smith. All right, so we start this episode. We have a couple Donna dream sequences. In yeah, this, this is like a throwback to the early days, I feel like, with all yeah. the dream sequences. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the word, she's like walking through this like radio station. The word sex is just everywhere. And she is doing an interview with her landlord who is playing Howard Stern. Yeah, and I don't, this to me is very weird because I, I wonder like, were they planning on getting Howard Stern and it fell through or what? Because Mr. Pitt was only in one episode and it was like, a very small role so i didn't instantly recognize who it was you know so just it's a strange yeah. thing to do i thought the whole thing was weird it but was. yeah so she i noticed she's wearing a dress that has tomatoes all over it huh i didn't know if there's any significance to that but i, can't, I don't know that's what she's wearing okay. like the print is tomatoes. tomato print yeah so howard stern is asking her why she's still a virgin yeah. and you know when's she gonna not be a virgin anymore and yeah. she's being very defensive and uh and then she wakes up mm -hmm. fun way to start yeah so she wakes up to david who is giving her a bouquet of flowers yep. for their two-year anniversary yeah all throughout this episode we hear about the 
Santa Ana's mm-hmm. wins uh-huh. and how they affect people yeah. in certain ways. Everybody's um, everybody's David is, is really he's really laying it on that. Hey, yeah. the wins tonight, yeah. our anniversary. Yeah, this could be it. Yeah, anniversary plus tulips plus sex wins equal some good times. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Donna is not. Uh, she brushes it off as usual. No. She's not as convinced david cannot pick his moments every time david like goes for maybe this is the time we have sex like waking her up first thing in the morning and like a dead sleep he's thinking like yeah this is the moment very strange i think he's just like he was subtle for a while and now he's just like you know yeah yeah chance yeah he can get he's going for it i guess at the peach pit brandon is back baby (laughs) back from san francisco He runs into Nat, who asks about Emily, and then we get the start of this bit throughout the whole thing, where every time someone asks about Emily, he says, she's good. She's good. And that's all he says. She's good. So he's not giving away any information. Nat points him in the direction of Steve and says it's a code blue. Mm -hmm. Is code blue bad? Oh, I guess guess blue because he's sad. Like sad. sad. Yeah, that's what I I was thinking. Steve also asks about Emily. And he says, she's good. She's good. He fills Brandon in about stealing the baseball. And Brandon's kind of mean. He says, if you were any dumber, you'd need fertilizer. (laughs) I mean, it is like comically stupid that Steve would do this. So I can't fault Brandon too much, but it it doesn't have a lot of tact here. (laughs) Brandon says he's getting tired of, or it's getting tired having a best friend who's always in trouble. And yeah. Steve asked Brandon if he will talk to Professor Randall on his behalf. Right. And Brandon is like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not sure. Because of, you yeah. know. What is it, though? What is it, though? What is, right at this point, what is the beef between Brandon and Corey? That... I don't know. Maybe he just feels bad because he knows that there's all that Lucinda stuff going yeah. on. So he doesn't want to, you know. Yeah. Know. I, I mean, I guess he kind of. I don't know. He kind of skipped town on the, his responsibility to uh, tutor Deshaun, who, I mean, wasn't taking the tutoring, but, like, that was Brandon's job, and he was kind of like, I'm going to San Francisco! So maybe that's it, but <laughs> yeah. it seems sort of like the beef hadn't happened yet, but they were acting like it had. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of that scene. Steve Steve le- leaves angry from that encounter. At Kelly, Donna, David's, they're talking about, they're all... I think this is kind of strange. They're all going out to celebrate yeah. David and John's two-year anniversary. Yeah. Like, the whole gang is going to Chinatown. Right. Um, to a restaurant. With gifts. People got them gifts. gifts. Yeah. Like, they've been married for two years I know. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I think I've ever weird. done even a group wedding anniversary no. thing. No. If I would have known there were I presents haven't. involved, I mean, I would, I would do it every year. <laughs> yeah. So she also tells Kelly about her dream and how weird it was. Yeah. On campus, Dylan asks Brandon about Emily and his response is, yeah, she's good. good. Doing well. <laughs> Doing well. Brandon looks, they're looking at their grades uh, from a test in Randall's class, which I was like, when did Brandon get back and take a test? That, <laughs> that's a good question. He got an A and he's very surprised to see that Deshaun got a B plus. B plus. That's pretty ballsy, I gotta say. Like, not you're not even just, like, letting him skate by. You're not... Like, if you're gonna fake a grade, you're gonna jump to a B plus? I don't think so. Yeah. You Be know? smart about this. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> if you're gonna game the system. Um, 
<laughs> Dylan and Brandon also catch up about like all the drama that happened at Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. and at the Walsh house. Uh, they're getting ready to go out to dinner that night. And Brenda asks how it went with Emily. And he's like, I'm tired of people asking me <laughs> how Emily is. Yep. Um, but he does say it was one of the best weeks of his life. And he really loves that girl. Yeah. And she didn't have much of a reaction to that, did she? No. Well, she was like, I can't wait to tell everyone. Like, yeah. Joking. Yeah. But... She thought it was funny. But it's just like, given the huge, huge deal that was made about the fact that Brandon's never said I love you, I would think that Brenda would have been like, wait, what? But no, she just kind of yeah. laughs it off. So I thought that was kind of strange. Yep. At the keg house, they're having a meeting about the stuff going on with Steve. Right. President Mike says that the fraternity can't get involved because if it comes out that it was hazing, then the progressives will be all over them. They'll get the fraternity shut down. Yeah. So basically, Steve has to just take the fall and say that he was just doing it because he was acting just alone. for fun, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciated yeah. the callback because all that stuff when they were trying to get Brandon to join the student Senate and stuff, that was like the first couple episodes of the season. We haven't really touched that stuff in 10 episodes at least. I feel like more. So I kind of like that. We got a callback to that storyline anyway. Yeah. John kind of chimes in. John Sears kind of chimes in and is like, come on guys. Can't, can't we do something yeah. else for Steve? Let's help Steve. He's such a huge stud. <laughs> but uh, but the answer is no, and they have to put him on probation. That's true. Um, and completely distance him from the fraternity so it doesn't look like they yeah, were in on it. Like they're part of it. Kendra, let me ask you this. Now, I know that uh, we've been through some rough stuff with John Sears, but he seems like he's really turned a corner here where he's standing yeah, up for Steve. Yeah, he's a new man. Don't you trust him? Don't you just trust all, the way yes, that he's all so... the way. Yeah. As far as I can throw yeah, him, exactly. I trust him. Me too. <laughs> At the restaurant in Chinatown, this is where I was like, oh, I guess yeah. they're just like giving them gifts. I yeah. don't know. I I think it's kind of strange. It is strange. Usually on my anniversary, I'm like, I just want to hang out yeah. with my husband. Yeah. I don't know. You Whatever. know what? On one of your anniversaries, the four of us did go out together and have dinner. <gasps> we did? We did. Yes. It was It was many years ago now. It was when you guys lived in Florida and you were you were back around Christmas. We went oh, out. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. It's a special we situation. Were, yeah, but we it, were visiting. But it did yeah. technically happen once. So remember that time we went to see uh, Hotel Transylvania yes. on my birthday because yes. I apparently demanded you it. Insisted it was January. There were many options, and you were like, "I want to see Hotel Transylvania," and so the four of us saw Hotel Transylvania in mid-January. It's, so, it's so funny because I have no memory. I I remember seeing it. Yeah. I just don't remember insisting that we see it. I think it was like it was a best of you felt like it was like the best option available. I don't think it was like you had to see it, but like there were others. And even with that, we had to wait like a half hour. There were others that were starting right away. And you were like, no, 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 no. Let's see what animated Adam Sandler as a vampire has. Well, to offer past us. me seems like a crazy person. Well, so we had a good time. We still oh, had a good time. So strange that I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm sure we did. You blocked it out. Okay. So Brent, is it Brandon and Brenda who give them that the poster picture? American Gothic. Okay, it's the two yeah. of them. It's um what's the what's the painting actually? Yeah, it's, Amer called? it's American Gothic. American Gothic, thank you. But it's with uh Donna and David's yes. face. It's kind of funny. It was funny. Did you know that American Gothic is actually a painting of the farmer and his daughter, not the farmer and his wife? What? 
Yeah. Fun fact about American Gothic. <laughs> They're like the same age. Well, maybe. That's crazy. Hard to say. Okay, so then Brandon's like, I learned this fun new game with Emily. Yeah. It's when you look at your fortune, but you add in bed to the end of it. Yep. Who hasn't played this game? Maybe it's all stemming from this episode. Maybe. <laughs> so I wrote down their fortunes. Brenda's yes. is you can you can obtain any goal you choose in bed. Yes. Uh, Dylan's is you have the power to influence many people. Mm-hmm. In bed. In bed. And he and Kelly, like, share a look. Yeah. They meet eyes. Donna's is you will be starting a new adventure. In bed. And uh, <laughs> David just looks kind of sad. He's like, yeah. uh. <laughs> I wish. And then it's, I feel like the as this night progresses, it becomes that now everyone is pressuring Donna to sleep with David, right? Doesn't Everybody yeah. keeps making little comments about it. It's like, geez. Yeah, because when they're leaving the restaurant, they they throw coins into this thing and it lands in different things. So yeah. uh, Donna's coin lands in love yeah. and David's lands in luck. And yeah. Steve's like, oh, he's going to get lucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole like whisper campaign now. It makes me it just it does make me laugh because Steve is making a comment about him getting lucky. And David's like, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it made me laugh. We got a Stuart shout out in that as well. When uh, oh, yeah. I think when Brenda was opening her fortune cookie, she said something about like just ask Stuart or something like that. So yes. you know he still exists. He, he wasn't written out of the, the continuity. Yeah, Brandon's face. Brandon's face when she says that is really funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Donna wants them all to go to a dance at West Beverly. Yeah, can you do that as adults? Just crash a high school function? I don't know. I don't either. I've never tried, but um, no one wants to go. So David says, say goodnight, Donna. And she says, goodnight, Donna. Yes. I love a little George Burns humor. Toss it in. Classic. Dylan says that he's going to give Kelly a ride home. Mm -hmm. And so Brandon and Brenda leave the two of them together. I like how throughout the episode, like the wind is going. Mm -hmm. Like they definitely let you know that the wind is a thing. Got wind machines going. Or maybe... It just was really windy when they were uh, filming. Speaking of, was Cindy in this episode? I remember. I don't think so. Jim was only Jim. there for like a second. Yeah, I remember that mini scene with Jim talking about the wind, but I don't remember seeing old Cindy. I don't think Cindy was. Huh, okay. Kelly and Dylan have a little flirty, flirty moment. And then he tells this story about these winds that blow in the Middle East and <laughs> you can murder someone. Yeah, they don't even care. While they're blowing. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially so the, romantic. It's the purge, but with wind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so this leads to them kissing. And then they go and murder someone. Yeah. Right? Is that what happens? It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, during the winds. Okay. It's fine. All right. Back at Kelly, Donna, David's, David and Donna come back and Donna is like sneezing. She needs to take an antihistamine. And David's like, don't take it. It makes you fall asleep. And she's just like, sorry. Sorry, Sorry, Charlie. (laughs) Sorry, you're out of luck, pal. No luck for you. Mm -mm. All right, here we go. Andrea's dorm. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesse is dropping her off. He's already met Grandma Rose. I know. What the heck? He's... He's in. They are so serious at this point. They're dropping I love you and everything. It's crazy. Well, they were, uh, they're celebrating Hanukkah, right? Yes. So he was there for uh, 
for Hanukkah. Yeah, but still, um, that's uh, that's quick. no, no, no. It's it's fast. Yeah. It's quick for sure. He gave her a baseball glove as cute. a Hanukkah gift. That's cute. Very cute. Yeah, they kiss for so long. Yes, they do. It's they like sure the do. longest kiss yep. ever. Yep. And it's like intense kissing. Yeah, it's funny in the hallway. This season, it's like all of a sudden Andrea's where all the action is. Like all the steamy yeah. scenes seems to be <laughs> Andrea scenes. Yeah. Well, we are about to see Dylan and Kelly in bed together. That's true. So. That's Eating true. strawberries. Hold your horses. Or, so. yep. or, or was that another? Oh, no, no, no. no. Strawberries and whipped cream. It happens. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so they, you know, after their incredibly long kiss, they say goodbye. <laughs> and then she turns after he leaves and Dan yeah. is standing in his doorway just watching, which is creepy. It is creepy. And uh, he's like, good night. Yeah. And goes back in his room. It is awkward that they live like right across yes, from each other. Yes, very awkward. Yeah. Okay, Donna dream number two. Yeah, here we go. Now Donna's parents are being interviewed. David is also there. He's explaining he wants to have sex because he wants the intimacy of a real relationship. Sure, yeah. But uh, Felice doesn't buy it. Mm -mm. So he says that if they're allowed to do this, then he promises he will marry her. Okay. And so Felice is like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. We give you our blessing. Yes. Yeah. And Donna, then, if you're listening. Yeah, right to camera. She tells Donna. Blessing. She gives her the go ahead. Yep. Next scene is at Dylan's. Here's where we get strawberries. Yeah. So they're just lay, laying in bed. They're back at it. Strawberries. Yep. Yep. As you do. Yeah. Dylan wants to drive to Joshua Tree. I don't know how far of a drive that would be, but that's sure. he wants them to drop everything. Yeah. Get in the car, trip. drive to Joshua Tree. Little camping trip. Callie says she can't go because the sorority is having a car wash mm -hmm. and she can't mm -hmm. get out of it. Yeah. And he gets he says he's not mad, but he definitely seems a little annoyed. It's a strange scene, uh -huh. yeah, where he was like, No, whatever, we'll just meet up later. I'll do something different. Yeah. I did think it was noteworthy that he changed his plans for her. I feel yeah. like Dylan from a couple episodes ago would have been like, whatever, Kel, I'm going to Joshua Tree. And that would have been yeah. that. But, oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. Brandon and Deshaun run into each other on campus. Yeah. He's got a tux for some reason. Yeah, some... He's like holding a tux, mm -hmm. like dry clean yeah. tux or something. Deshaun tells him that he did not tell Randall about Brandon and Lucinda. Yeah. And he he's acting like everything's cool. He's yeah. like, I appreciate you and, and what you did. And yeah. He's, I, thought, I thought he was very genuinely apologetic. Because remember, he threw like a glass vase at Brandon's skull and, and was yeah. like really threatening him. So it was it was nice that Deshaun was like, yeah, sorry, dude. I, I like that. Yeah. Brandon kind of calls him out for like, so you got a B plus. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, did, you definitely didn't earn that grade. Yeah. And then they have this conversation about you don't live in the world that I live in, which is all about money. Yeah. And, no, he says that we, uh, we, come, we live in different worlds and Brandon's like, don't get all racial on me. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. And He's Deshaun's like, no, like, no, no. It's not a black and white thing. It's about money. And Brandon's like, oh, right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. And uh, Deshaun's like, hey, if you want to tutor me again, Randall's going to be in his office later. You mm -hmm. can go talk to him about it. Mm hmm next scene is the car wash at the car wash ooh, and ooh. <laughs> so it's the keg house and the alphas yeah. are doing this car wash yeah. 
Um, Donna's not there. Leslie's like wondering where she is. She's at the radio station and she's going to be coming later. Yeah, boy, how long has it and been since we Dylan, saw the station? Been a while. I know. So <laughs> long since we've heard anything about the radio station. Dylan shows up. In his old Which Porsche. is very surprising. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I did like this character development. I did too. As old Dylan would not have. I was just saying, I didn't really see how they could kind of pull it off like having them just be like yeah whatever let's be together again but i sort of feel like they did a good job in this episode i was kind of like yeah Yeah. all right sure yeah i think so too so they're they start kissing and john sees this and sprays them with a hose yeah which leads to a big water fight yeah a sexy water fight or just a regular one uh partially okay partially okay partially sexy water fight okay oh my word this next part made me so sad yeah because steve shows up and he's like woohoo yeah he like tries to hops join out of his car in his, in his sleeveless shirt and his black fanny pack and is ready to just start <laughs> dumping water on people yeah and mike <laughs> and is they like you gotta get, you gotta get out of yeah, here you're gonna get us all out. they're like nope yeah you have got to get out of here it made me so sad it was really sad it was really sad because he's just like oh yeah yeah all right Radio station. They're recording uh, some PSAs. I didn't really follow what what was happening here. <laughs> like the things they're saying. Like I guess it's supposed to be funny. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. They're recording some PSAs, and Donna has flipped a switch. Yeah, she's like it's that dream, sexy, the Howard Stern dream. You, you've waited so long, so you must really love me, and maybe we've waited long enough. Yeah. And he's just like Whoa, the whole the whole time. He's very yeah. like confused, and she's like, "Tonight, I'm not taking my antihistamine." <laughs> <laughs> the unsexiest come online, and and to think that Donna's like in the mood because she had a dream about her mom telling her that it was okay for her to have sex with David. <laughs> yeah, weird. It's, it's a weird road to the bedroom here weird for these two. For sure. Next, we have a date between Andrea and Jesse. They're walking around his old neighborhood. Yes. He gives her a white rose and recites a poem to her in Spanish. And it's very romantic. And they do some kissing. Her shirt was filthy. Did you notice that? Are they supposed to have just... Maybe... I think maybe they were just supposed like to have been playing, playing baseball or something. Baseball, because they yeah. didn't have any like baseball equipment, and I was just like, "Why is her shirt?" Well, so it was dirty? a baseball shirt was. she was wearing. It was, so, yeah. I just thought it was strange. Yeah, he wants her to meet his family. They just pulled up with a yeah. food truck. Yes, um, and they have the best best burritos. Yep. Uh, in the city, he says. Yep. So he meets Jesse's mom. Yes. And it's like his cousin. A couple of uncles are in the truck. Yeah. yeah. Whole family's in the truck. Because yeah. it's his family's and business. It's like Vasquez catering yeah. and food. Yeah. Yes. Maybe want a burrito. I still oh want a gosh. burrito. I know. I felt the exact same way. And he says the only way this day could be perfect is if she came back to his apartment, which she agrees to do. Yes. But we, we don't see the apartment. Is this where they both say woof? I don't remember. I just wrote down woof because two people are like woof and the other's like woof. I think that's this. But I didn't understand it. I don't even remember that. Okay. I definitely didn't write it down. All right. Well, (laughs) whenever it happens, I don't get it. But I think it's here. (laughs) Next scene is at Randall's office. Brandon has come to see Corey, but Lucinda is there. Oh, good. And she is, she's like, hey, he doesn't know. And I have a lot to do with that. So you need to be showing me gratitude. And he's like, gratitude? 
you want me to throw you over the desk for a quickie? Yeah, which is exactly what she wants, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she says that Corey is not in a good mood as of late. She says they had a fight. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say what the fight was about. No. She also tells Brandon that the campus cops were tipped off that Steve would be there. Yes, they knew exactly when. And they knew when. exactly yeah. when he'd be there. Uh-huh. And Brandon's like, interesting. Yeah. So he goes to tell Steve at the Peach Pit. Yeah. At first, Steve doesn't want to talk to him. Tells him to beat it. Uh-huh. But uh, then he tells Steve that the cops were tipped off. And uh, he also says that he's going to go and talk to Randall yeah. for him. Yeah. And Steve is like, you may be the only true brother I have. Then they have like a, yeah. a high five or something. And before it cuts away, Brandon is like, headbutt? And Steve's like, no. And I feel like that was <laughs> I feel like that was another they left they left the tape rolling for a little bit yeah. and decided to keep it in. It felt very improv y like with those two guys, which I always love. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kelly Donna Davids. David is set in the mood. Yes. He's lighting candles. Yeah. Shirtless. You see so a much faded jewelry. sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the... That's you, Kim. Oh, shack. <laughs> That's where they're at. Yeah. Donna comes in in, like, a silk robe. Yeah. And they just, like, go for it. They plan to have Without sex. closing the door. Yeah. I'm like, you live with a with, roommate. Yeah, like, with David's sister. Yeah. Close and lock the door. Yeah. It's so melodramatic. There's like 50 white candles all lit. Yeah. Donna's, Donna's got the white silk robe to tell us about her purity. David is wearing very unsexy underwear, if you ask me. He's wearing, <laughs> they're like, they're like boxer briefs, but they're like white. They're white. They're like they're white like, yeah, boxer they're briefs. They're like whitey tidy boxer briefs. And when he walks to the door, it looks like they're the kind that have like the, the butt flap in the back. They're very, <laughs> they're very not sexual, I would say. No, yeah, they looked like like white underwear. Yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah, like could, white men, men's underwear. Yeah, I mean, they, if they want to do the white, it could have been like white silk boxers or something like that. But just yeah, like, that was... just like white, like Hanes underwear. <laughs> just like, what are you doing? At least make them a different color. I know. Or yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the doorbell rings, and as soon as it did, I was like, Yeah. I mean, don't answer the door. Don't answer it. But yeah. David goes to the door in his underwear. Still in his underwear, yeah. And answers the door, and it is Donna's parents. Yep. Yep. And why? So Two questions. Why would you answer the door just in your tidy whitey underwear? And two, why would you not look to see who it was first? Like, why would you just yeah, pull the door was, wide it open? It was dumb. So stupid. It was dumb. It was dumb. Yeah. I almost wish that they had done, like... Like Felice had a key yeah. and let herself in. Right. Or that would have made more sense. That yeah. that would have been but yeah. yeah. So anyway, so he tries to make up like an excuse like, Oh, I was just here taking a nap. Yep. Donna's not home. I just sleep here. Yeah, sometimes. she's not here. I'm just napping. Yeah. But then Donna comes out. Yep. Of course. Yep. And is like, Oh, David, when what? did you get <laughs> here? What? <laughs> so Felice obviously through this and yes. is very upset that yes. she's been lying uh and actually well donna admits that david lives there yeah and so then she's like you've been lying to me this whole time every phone call we've had has been a lie and donna says why can't you just be happy for me <laughs> at the walsh house jim is not feeling well no 
and uh, he thinks it's the winds. It's those winds, those December winds. Yep. Brandon is heading out for campus, and Jim is like, you're not in trouble, are you? And Brandon's like, me? No. And then he's like, he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on Jim for this episode. Yep, that's okay. it. <laughs> All right. Kelly Don- back at Kelly Donna Davids, it's the next day, and Donna is going with her parents to church, but she uh, she's talking with David on the phone, and he says that he interrupted Mel and Nina when he went to Mel's last night. Yeah. Um, so that was fun for him. Melanina sounds like a skin condition. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Donna's uh, phone. I'm fully obsessed with that phone. Did you notice it? Oh, I didn't even notice. It's like, no. a, it's like a rectangular, like, pink brick, and it has, like, a yellow ear-shaped, like, ear hole, you know, that she, it was it was very cool. I, and I, I love huh. novelty phones, so, you know. Yeah, well, who doesn't? I don't know. So she goes to downstairs to, or you know, to the living room where her parents are. They're going to go to church and Uh then to brunch. And they kind of get into, you know, why did Felice is like, why did you have to lie to me? And she says she wouldn't have let them move in to that apartment if she had told her. Yeah. Which Felice kind of tries to argue with. But then her dad is like, Felice. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way you would have let them do this. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, and yeah. he says that Donna has to make her own decisions yes. now. It's in early. Donna's like, you got to trust me. Yeah. Uh, this ends with like hugs yes. and like, you know, we'll you've, you've raised forward. me. You yep. need to trust in how yep. you've raised me, basically. Uh, at the keg house, Steve is there and everyone's kind of upset that he's there because right. he's supposed to be keeping his distance. Right. But he is like, I just want to know who knew uh-huh that I was going to Randall's office. John, after hearing this is like, that's it. You know, we've we've been nice to you, but I'm going to get Mike. You need to get out of here. Yep. And Keith is like, you were the only one dumb enough to get caught with your mission. Mm -hmm. And Steve's like, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Interesting, Keith. (laughs) All right. At Dylan's Kelly, they're like out on his porch reading and Kelly is, this is kind of a weird scene. Yeah. It's kind of random. Yeah. Doesn't really have anything to do with anything, I guess. But Kelly's reading this it's study a, on children psych, of divorce. Yeah, it's a psych magazine and, that she's reading. Yeah, and something about kids who went back and forth between the parents knew that their parents' love was there all the time, whereas with only one parent, they didn't or something. Yeah. I think, like I think the purpose of the scene was to be like, look, they have different interests. They're not doing the same thing, but they're together. I think that was what yeah. they were kind of trying to do. Well, that's home. what she says. She yeah. says we don't have to spend every waking hour together to be a couple. Yeah. yeah. So I do, that's good. I do think that was the gist, but you're right. Like, that was kind of a weird lead into that realization. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The scene with Dan Good. and Andrea. Yeah. Where Dan's just like, how many yeah. racial stereotypes can I throw yeah. at Andrea? Yeah, he calls him Jesus. He talks about affirmative action. He calls her, he says like, adios muchacha to her. I mean, he, you're right. I mean, it really He's like, is. like, what could you two possibly talk about? Yeah. How to make the perfect margarita? Yeah. It's, and yeah. she's just like, oh man. It was like <laughs> a racist lightning round, you know? It, it was like, Dan Rubin, you've got 20 seconds on the clock. Go. <laughs> You know, and he's just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was, 
It was rough. It was. It was a, it was a rough yeah. scene. And his last scene, apparently, I guess. he's not coming that's back. A, that's a way to go. That is a way to go out. After and, this scene, I yeah. was like, this is it. This is like the rest of the season. She's going to be like battling Dan, the, yeah. the ex. But I guess not. I think that's, I mean, look, I don't like the route of, of turning Dan, like, into a big racist monster. But to be yeah. fair, he, he I think, showed... He started some, that he way. He showed the prejudice about, like, you know, she should go to, like, a Jewish sorority and all that kind of thing. So the groundwork was there. But I feel like we did that, and then we made him a great guy until suddenly he's a racist again. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, was kind of Yeah, maybe they were weird... just trying to... Uh... Put the put the nail in the coffin. I like, guess so. Burn that bridge completely. I guess so. We're not we're not going back to Dan. But it would be kind of nice for her to have like another thing going on, you know, like she had sort of a nemesis on campus in the dorm room, and there was kind of a weird thing there. Like, I could see some story potential there, but it's like we just switched to Jesse. Like she's yeah. at the stage in the relationship with Jesse that she was in in the stage with Dan before they decided we don't want to do this anymore. So yep. It's just kind of a jarring transition, I guess. Yes, very jarring. But I'm glad that we don't have to deal with more of this, yes, actually. I, no, I agree. I'm, because it was like... With, with, the way, with the way they took it, I'm glad we're done. I just think... Yeah. I just think that Dan, much like with the Stuart Carson, I don't think either of those storylines had played out. I think there was a lot more juice in both of those storylines. And they kind of abruptly were just like, we're done. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. For my 902 and 0 snap, I don't know. Between that scene and the scene we're about to have uh-huh. with Randall, Let's I don't do know. It. Let's get into because it. Because Brandon goes to talk to Corey Randall. Who is pissed from the get-go. He's like, these are yes. not office hours, Brandon. And yeah. Brandon's like, it'll just take a minute. And he's like, fine, get in here. Yeah. He tells a story about a baseball player. I don't know. But the, the point was something about playing the game within the game. Yeah. Do you remember the story? He was talking about his baseball getting stolen, right? That's where we start here? Yes. And they were like, he should have taken, like, they were going for his Jackie Robinson. They should have taken this one because even though it's not as, like, famous as the Jackie Robinson, it was his and one he got by himself. And that's the one that really would have, like, hurt him. So I think he was comparing, like, his baseball to uh, Lucinda, I think is what we were doing here. Okay. So then Brandon is like, well, I'm here because... I want you to drop the charges against yeah, Steve. He's asking for a favor. Because, you know, it was a prank. It was going to be returned. It was nothing, yeah. basically. Do you remember the lead up? It's to... a quick, no, it's just a quick turn. Okay. So Randall calls him out, out for like hitting the sheets hitting with his wife. Sheets, yep. Is what, is what he says. And Brandon, this is such a weak response, but Brandon's like, did Deshaun tell you that? Yeah. No, Brandon, that's not what you say. You say, I did it. I you did not. Deny. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he says, no, Deshaun didn't tell him. Like, he just knew. Yeah. He he could tell. He says he knows Lucinda. And when she targets someone, she goes hard. She goes all yeah. in. Yeah. And Brandon's like, well, I found out she was your wife and I, I bailed. Yeah. And I don't think he, he really believes him. Something about you wouldn't touch her with a six foot pole and he says i wouldn't touch her with a sequoia yeah (laughs) so what happens is he says that he's going to what's he gonna do to brandon Corey's like yeah i could i could drop the charges all i'd have to do is call that's that's all i'd have to do you know and brandon he's like but i'm not going to and then brandon's brandon kind of throws it back in his face and he was like well how about i call security then yeah talk about he's like you gave deshaun a b plus like 
I'll, I'll go to everyone. I'll go to the, the NCAA. I'll go to the dean. I'll go to the papers. The Condor. The Condor gets a reference. It's like, I'll go to anyone who will listen and tell him what you did. Yeah. And uh, he actually he actually calls. It's a baller move. They kind of stare each other off. And Brandon's like, so am I going to call security or are you? And Corey just kind of throws in the towel and goes and makes the call. Yeah. I was surprised. This, to me, was the best scene of the show. I loved it's, this scene. It's It was very good. Really the strong. guy, I forget his name, playing Corey Randall, his eyes were just like wide and crazy. Well, they just have really good, Scott Paulin is his name, but they just have really good chemistry, the the two actors yeah. here. I think they just like, I, lo- I love in a scene like that when like the one actor drops something and the other one just picks it right up and it's just like bam, 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 bam. And that's what this scene was, you know? It was just like all tension and not a moment of lag. It was just really well delivered on both their parts. It was. It was very good. Yeah. All right. Last scene is at Kelly Donna David's. Donna's back from her time with her parents and David is there. And she says that he can still live there, that she talked them into letting her do that. But there's a caveat. Yes. Yes. She promised them that she would not have sex with David. That's right. Oh, oh, David. (laughs) And it's kind of a weird ending where... She's like, everything's going to be okay, David. Give me a hug. Yep. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. And there (laughs) you have it. And there you have it. Um, Well, my 90210 snap is definitely the turn in the the Corey Brandon scene. I just feel like it's so so good. Because when he hits him with that, hitting the sheets with his wife line, it's like, ah. Yeah. And Jason (laughs) Priestley's response to that, he doesn't do like a big, but like you can just see like a cold sweat kind of fall over Brandon. It's a really good subtle acting there. So I got to give it to that. I think the episode holds up. I think it's a good one. I think so too. I think everyone kind of evenly, I guess Brendan didn't really have anything to do, but everyone else kind of had even stuff going on. That's true. That's Um, true. Yeah, with the exception of Brenda, so, you're right. But she was there. She was there. She did show up. She she played her sisterly role, definitely. But outside of the Stuart storyline, we haven't really had much for uh, Brenda to do, which is a shame because I feel like, I mean, I was harsh on her acting in the very beginning, but I feel like as each season's progressed, she's gotten better and become like a better character. But I think so too. they sideline her a lot more now. So yeah, I don't know. Here's my question. How do you think that we're supposed to feel about the Martins? Because I find the chastity pledge to be a very weird thing. And I, I find the whole relationship of like, Donna's really, st- yeah, I mean, she's just acting like, you know, like she's 15 or something and not like an adult living on her own in college. It's, it's yeah, a lot. It is a lot, but they have a hold on her for sure. And I just find Felice always to be like really aggressive and manipulative whereas they play dr martin as more like sympathetic and but also kind of like whipped by felice also i think is what we're supposed to get from him i feel like they've given us enough that we're meant to sort of when felice shows up meant to kind of give her like the villain music should play you know yeah i think that's where we're at with that character i think it's definitely trouble when she uh when she is there yeah but it's also like the whole donna and david thing it's like I've never really gotten the impression that Donna like wants to have sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. It always seems like she, she's cool to wait. Yeah. And she feels, I think the pressure she feels is not because like, not because of her own feelings, but because she doesn't want to like disappoint David. So like in the whole scene where she's like, no matter what I've put you through and I'm like, what you've put him through, (laughs) put him through anything, you know, like, it's just. I think we're supposed to like feel bad for David. And I definitely don't. 
Oh, well, yeah, I feel bad for him in the sense that, you know, now we, she has to kind of walk it back what yeah. she, what she said, but yeah, I mean, it's ultimately her decision and yeah. she has been pressured a lot by him. Yeah. And, you know, had... maybe this is just her excuse to yeah. kind of well, doing what she is. wanted to do in the first place. I think that's why she takes it so lightly when, when that's the pledge she has to make. I guess I understand David's frustrations, at least, because twice now she's been like, we are going to do this. And then it yeah. doesn't happen. So, like, yeah. I understand why that would be frustrating, but I don't really feel like that's his right you know, no, and I no, think no. even if she would have gone through it, I think it's very clear to everyone involved that she's not eager to do that. Yeah. So it's just yes. kind of a weird, the whole situation I feel like is kind of weird, but I, I agree. Yes. Overall, I feel like it, it was, it was a good episode and I'm definitely in this whole Brandon, Corey Randall, Deshaun situation. Yeah. I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, for sure. What are yeah, you caring that... the least about right now? Oh, I think I'm pretty even on everything right okay. now because I want to know what happens with Steve yeah. and and John Sears. Yeah, the, and I want to know setting up you know, that you know rivalry, that antagonism between John and Steve has made the keg stuff more interesting to me. I guess I yeah. don't particularly care about the Andrea Jesse storyline because mm. it feels so like plucked out of nowhere, and here we are. It, like, it is, yeah. But like, I guess because I like Jesse, yeah, I'm yeah. Here it for just it. feels like we skipped five episodes of that relationship. It does, and now it they're like absolutely getting does. married. So it's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kendra. Yes. Outside of what? the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the host of How's Things, the podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library, and right here on the network, I host Comic Book Coffee Break. What about you, Kendra? I am Miss Musicbox 91 online. I have a website, MissMusicbox.com. I'm also the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where we look at a different 90s song each episode. I believe our most recent one was Bailamos by Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a throwback. Yeah. All right. Good well, stuff. You can find us there, and you can also join us next week as we continue our 90210 discussion with episode 15, Somewhere in the World, It's Christmas. Here we go. 90210, 90210, here we go. go.